Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Catholic Halos podcast. I'm Veronica Ambuel, Director of Communications for the Diocese of Colorado Springs, and I'm joined today by Deacon Doug Flynn, who is the Chancellor and General Counsel for the Diocese, and Deacon Patrick Jones, who's an award-winning author of Catholic fiction and the founder of Catholic Halos. Uh, before we begin our discussion today, uh, Deacon Doug, would you lead us in an opening prayer? Certainly. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc en enora mortis nostre. Amen. We're going to expand my job description for our podcast, and I will introduce our topic. Um, and uh, as, as Veronica pointed out, this one could be a uh, another in the series of head scratch and scripture, because uh, it's centered around. Well, the topic is the the marriage debt, um, which is a term that I hadn't heard until recently. And, uh, in conversations, I don't think either of you really have heard about it either. Is that, is that accurate? I had not. No, only in passing once or twice, but never really okay. knew, knew what it meant. I, I know in, uh, my wife's in my marriage formation that we got, uh, 1989, uh, basically the concept we got is you're giving yourselves to each other. And that's, that's as far as that went. Um, and, uh, turns out St. Paul addressed this in, uh, chapter seven of his first letter to the Corinthians. Um, and Veronica, did you want to, did you have that there and, and could read it? And then I'll continue with the introduction. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it starts now concerning the matters about which you wrote. It is well for a man not to touch a woman, but because of the temptation to immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife does not rule over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not rule over his own body, but the wife does. Do not refuse one another except perhaps by agreement for a season that you may devote yourselves to prayer, but then come together again, lest Satan tempt you through lack of self-control. I say this by way of concession, not of command. And so we have this amazing gift from God in marriage. and we're called husband and wife are called to be and become in marriage one flesh. And that's not just a description. It's the marital embrace. And as every gift from God, we're called to defend the mystery of that gift. And yet we're called to proclaim marriage as a wonderful gift. And the, uh, one of the reasons that this topic came to, to me as something we may want to talk about is there was uh, recently a scientific study that showed that uh, married people were more uh, satisfied in, in marital embrace 
than those who were engaging in non-marital embraces. <laughs> um, and so the God's plan is always, always superior, always more sati satiating, more satisfying, wilder, wonderful, um, compared to the world's um, fallen misunderstanding and twist of it. And I was, I was taken aback by the parallels um, of the description in the Navarre Bible commentary, uh, which says that, that this question probably comes out um, from the moral climate of Corinth which so actively prompted impurity promoted, sorry. No, it says prompted. <laughs> I can't read prompted impurity and would give, could give rise to so many temptations of the devil. Uh, and I was thinking, well, that certainly sounds like now. And we've just done some podcasts on uh, transgender and gay marriage and, and other immoralities um, and how do we celebrate the gift of marriage and, uh, raise it up as, um, as the amazing gift that it is. And a huge part of how we do that as Catholics is we simply live the wild and wonderful and challenging and, uh, uh, um, sometimes tumultuous, sometimes smooth, uh, life of marriage and marriage is a path to holiness. Um, but then there was, uh, there were a couple of, um, blogs that, uh, they were on, uh, let's see, crisismagazine.com. Um, one by Adam Lucas and then a response by, uh, Anna Reynolds. Um, and they're, they were struggling with the term marital debt. And, uh, that's the idea that in the passage Veronica, uh, wrote, it's that you're giving your, um, I've given my body myself to, my bride and she's given herself to me. Um, and what Paul goes on to explain in Ephesians is that's a mutual giving and we're called to give each other as Christ to each other. And husbands are to love their wives as Christ loves his church. That's the context that we're talking about here, not the debased understanding that, okay, in marriage, either husband or wife can demand marital embrace whenever they want and they have to receive it. Uh, the little catch there is, wait, my body isn't mine, but when my body is tired or sick or injured, uh, I, I am, may not be uh, able to engage in a marital embrace. I need to be understanding the other way around too. It's mutual. Uh, and I think that's something that most spouses sort out pretty early on in marriage, if they haven't sorted it out already, 
in terms of the um, mutual relationship and striving for right relationship. Um, so that's the basic introduction to the idea of uh, the marriage debt. And really it's, it's the mystical understanding of how does husband and wife one man, one woman in marriage, sacramental marriage, um, live as one flesh. And the gift is so far beyond what society comprehends in its hypersexualized, uh, entertainment and, um, promiscuity, uh, splashed all over advertisements and, and very common, uh, even in, just in how uh, how people dress, <laughs> uh, going down the main street. Um, so there's all these challenges to marriage and understanding what marriage is and God's call to understand what marriage is. And we're called to defend those. Um, so that's the introduction. And one of the questions was, well, okay, if we're, if we're defending the mystery of marital embrace and marriage, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> well, Veronica has been avoiding this for almost a year. So <laughs> <laughs> Doug, Doug's got a call from a bishop on cue. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, it might just be me you're stuck listening to. <laughs> well, Patrick, a little bit, I think Shirley and I, um, went through marriage prep in 89, 90 timeframe. And we also never heard anything like this. I think the closest was, like you said, it's a mutual giving. And whenever I would um, preach on the, some of the more tricky passages in Paul's writings about, um, you know, women being submissive, husbands being husbands, wives being submissive to husbands, you know, often they leave out that last part of, and husbands, you have to love, love your wife like Christ loved the church. Well, huh? how much did Christ love the church? Oh, well, he, he let himself be crucified uh, for the church. And so I Look would at joke, the crucifix. He loved the yeah. church that much. <laughs> and, and I would joke that anytime I would try and suggest to my wife that she'd be submissive, she would be looking around for where to hang the crucifix. <laughs> <laughs> So it was mutual. <laughs> she she bought crucifixes by the bulk. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> One in every room, baby. <laughs> but also, I think, you know, um, Pope St. John Paul II devoted how many Wednesday audiences to developing his theology, not his, the church's theology of the body. And so those beautiful explorations um of what it means to be male, what it means to be female, what we're called to do together. And before we get too far down that rabbit hole, I also wanted to make sure the audience understood that being celibate and leading a life of celibacy, whether it be in a religious order or the priesthood, um, is also a, uh, a calling from God. And Patrick, you, you had a, mentioned something about it when we were talking before the show, but uh, it very much is a path to holiness it's just that for the vast majority of people, for the vast majority of the history of the Catholic Church, they most of them have been married. Well, and the Church makes it clear that celibacy is superior, and, and St. Paul does in this passage 
just in the, in the framing of his answer, um, because he's, he's, um, it's a different calling. And if you're not called to it, he's saying one of the gifts of marriage is this marital debt and you help each other out with temptation, um, through it, through the marital embrace. Well, and one of the visceral reactions, I guess, that I had, and maybe some other people have, is the word debt. I mean, it has such a negative connotation. And Patrick, before the show, you were looking up, I think, the Latin for debt. Debitor, yes. Which is the same word in the Lord's Prayer when we say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Other translations are, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who debt against us, which has a sort of visceral negative connotation, like it's sinful. Um, so that may be where some people get hung up with that particular phrase. And I like the way your form formation team said mutual giving. <laughs> <laughs> well, also too, I mean, I think um, just looking at this, the passage from the Corinthians um, and Deacon Patrick, the, the point that you raised about just what the general society the general climate was in, in that society. Um, you know, they, he starts out by saying each man should have his own wife and each woman, her own husband, you know, like the fact that he, um, had to lay that out kind of tells you, um, where things stood. And, and I, I think, um, one of the things that Pope John Paul II really, brought um emphasized was that christ um elevated the dignity of women um by first of all by saying that um you know w women shouldn't be able to be divorced you know for any reason that was kind of um a, a revolutionary thing even, even, you know, the Jews accepted divorce at that time, but also too, that, um, that the husband should be faithful, you know? And, and so, um, when you, when you look at it from that standpoint, um, and, and then also too, even further along in Corinthians, uh, when he, in verse 33, um, he says, the married man is anxious about worldly affairs, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. I mean, so so clearly, um, it, 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 he's, he has in mind um, a relationship of, yeah, you know, mutual respect and self-giving. And so it, it, in that context, I think it um, makes the whole wives be submissive to your husband's things, a easier pill to swallow, you know, because, <laughs> because it, it, he's, he's definitely not implying that, um, that uh, the, the woman should be like a slave, which again, I mean, prior to, um, prior to Christianity, you know, women were not seen as, having as equal dignity to men, you know, so. Or each is a slave to each other. Right, right. Yeah, that's, that's probably another, I mean, a, another way to express it. But, um, you know, I, I think 
one another thing that uh, came to mind was uh, this doesn't directly relate to the marital debt, but you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, I guess you'd call tra pious tradition or apocryphal writings around Joseph, Saint Joseph, you know, the um, the husband of of Mary and one of the things that St. Jose Maria would periodically say about St. Joseph, and he had a great uh, devotion to him, was that he didn't really like the fact that St. Joseph very often was depicted as an old man in religious art. And, you know, be, because he didn't like the implication that only um, a 60-year-old or a 70-year-old could could live chastely um with celibately yeah celibately yeah <laughs> every with, marriage is called to be chaste true, but... <laughs> true, right yeah that's true celibately um with well you know with the blessed virgin mary and um both you know, had perpetual virginity as their calling right regardless and, of their age yes yeah exactly and and so i mean we do kind of have to um push back against the idea that um, uh, these, you know, these passions can't be controlled or directed to a, to a proper end, you know? Um, well, and takes, I, that's the gift from God, that grace of focusing on just our spouse, or if we're celibate, just on Christ. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting, you know, because in at least you know, for St. Jose Maria, he always insisted that any depictions of St. Joseph show him as a, a young man, you know, a strong, healthy young man, not just um, kind of like an old, almost sickly looking man, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, uh, you know, so, so it's just, I mean, and I know that there are, there are um, some pious traditions that say that, you know, Joseph had, uh, been a, a widower, you know, and, and I don't think that it's, it's not like wrong to believe that, but you do kind of wonder like, what's the, almost like, what's the motivation behind that? Do you, is it just that we have to show that, um, it, you know, that he was not able to, to live celibacy, on his own, on his own terms, you know, I, I, I don't know. It, it's just, it's just an interesting kind of side note to that whole thing, you know, that, um, th obviously this, you know, this is something that, um, the gospel writers, uh, you know, if he, if he, if he was married before, it certainly was not included in any of the gospels. And, Doug, I wanted to go back to uh, the word uh, debitum in Latin, uh, and you're right. The negative connotations that we have are, are certainly, it gives three words as part of its definition. Uh, debt, obviously, sin, but in between them is duty. Mm. And so we've, we've probably heard the, the term marital duty uh, as well, and that's certainly the, the uh, the meaning of this use of the word debt in uh, Corinthians. Wait, even in Latin, certain words have more than one meaning? 
I know, right? I'd be shocked. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, Patrick, for clarifying that. That that is helpful. The the God's gifts are wild and wonderful and superior and satiating. I was struck by um, St. Teresa of uh, Avila's spousal prayer. Um, and of course she uh, lived the higher call of virginity um, and had uh, ecstasy uh, in her mystical life. Um, and so we get glimpses of, wait, what God offers us, not just here and now through marriage, through, um, uh, celibacy, uh, but also what heaven's going to be like is so vastly superior to anything we can comprehend on our own without God's grace, without, uh, us in humility saying, how do I how do I do this? Uh, I don't know. Uh, one of the, the revelations that hit, uh, me and, 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 uh, Barbara early in our marriage is, you know, for all the marriage prep that we got, we had no idea what we were getting into. <laughs> and, and you can't, I, I, I don't think, uh, did you guys have any idea? Definitely not. And, and, you know, uh, I mean, marriage in and of itself, yes, is, can be very challenging. But, um, and I, I have to say, I've been thinking about this because my my oldest son is engaged. He's he's going to uh, get married in in July, um, and you kind of um, there's there is a temptation sometimes to drop little you know, snide remarks, um, about how you have no idea what you're in for, but, but wait, wait, you can be snide. <laughs> we are switching up the rules tempted. today. You I'm didn't pleading. say you fell for him. You just said you're tempted. Okay. You tempted, yes. <laughs> but, but then, um, but then, uh, you think about, and by the way, he, his fiance is, is absolutely lovely and we're very happy. But, but the other thing too, is then, um, what, what also we have no idea about is the demands that um, children bring with them, you know, if we're blessed, if we're blessed to have them. And I mean, I, I think I am safe in saying that um, most people have no idea the the depth of exhaustion and, um, you know, just kind of, um, uh, maybe even stress is a word, you know, you could use and, and, and parenthood is, is very joyful, but, um, it, you know, as, as we know, especially when our kids are really, or our babies and, and, and toddlers, um, can be, bring, you know, multiple sleepless nights, um, a, a lot of, uh, you know, dealing with sickness and things like that. And so, um, when you, when you think about that, it's, uh, the, the whole idea of, um, what is truly the loving thing to do really comes into focus, you know, uh, 
I, I remember Pope Francis, um, and I believe it was right before Christmas, he pointed out how one of his favorite images of the Holy Family was um, St. Joseph kind of rocking baby Jesus while Mary slept, you know, <laughs> and, 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 you know, why is that? Well, obviously, because w what a, what a selfless gesture that he, he, he would hold the baby so that she could get, a, and, you know, we don't know, obviously the context, I mean, it was a sculpture that the Pope Francis, I think, or a painting, I'm not sure, was looking at, but. Um, you didn't have photographs back then? <laughs> more cell phones <laughs> oh. and so like when you think when you think about um the idea of uh going back to the theology of the body that um and uh giving one's whole self you know um th then it very much um, becomes, you know, kind of comes into focus that, uh, you know, maybe three years into marriage or five years into marriage, the most loving thing a husband could do would be to, you know, um, uh, you know, t take the kids for an afternoon in the park or something like that. So his wife could get some rest. All of a sudden it's, it's a much more, um, you know, marital intimacy takes on a much like deeper dimension and richer dimension. And, and so um, I, I, you know, again, going back to this, to this um, passage from Corinthians by explaining the relationship of husband to wife in a way uh, it seems like St. Paul is um, uh, really elevating it because he's 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 going beyond just you know what do i owe you and what do you owe me but how can you love your spouse as christ did you know as you mentioned earlier which is uh off you know oftentimes way, goes goes way beyond um physical, physical relations, you know, and, and so it, I, I think, I, I think, um, it's, it's probably, um, you know, it definitely probably would be good for, um, this to be discussed in, in marriage pro, uh, prep programs. I mean, definitely don't want it to come up, you know, <laughs> afterwards, but, um, also too, I think to your point, Deacon Patrick, it, it's it's a, it it also comes across as a little bit theoretical um until you're actually kind of walk you know on that journey well i had so many memories flood my mind when you were talking about uh husbands being called to give some sort of a break for their wives whether it was to um sleep uh, because i described to young couples yes every child is its own different variation of sleep deprivation exercise <laughs> but uh of just carrying our our eldest around in a backpack he, he played a lot of rounds of disc golf with me uh in okinawa <laughs> you got really good <laughs> and i would walk down there was a a, a base exchange that had a video game it was called point blank and uh 
he he holding a gun over my shoulder as I was playing this shooting game amused quite a few people over the over the days and weeks and months. <laughs> he got pretty good by two though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have to say, like, um, I, I, I'm of the older generation, so when when um, when uh, young men started showing up at church wearing backpacks, I, I, I it threw me a, a little bit at first, and then I, I realized they weren't backpacks; they were really diaper bags. <laughs> but I thought, you know, th- this it's is a fanny pack, and you know it. <laughs> <laughs> it's my man bag. <laughs> but I thought, you know, this is good. This is this is a good thing. It's 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 not the just the wife lugging everything around, you know, and um and I always I always have to just smile when I when I see them, you know, grab what I call the backpack and head to the uh to the back of church, you know, to change a diaper. And um so, you know, I I, I do feel that uh a uh, I am encouraged by a lot of the young couples that I see at, at church anyway, because I do feel like they um, they really do get that, you know, that it's um, not just a question of roles and who's supposed to do what. But, um, you know, that this is uh, this is uh, uh, you know, giving blessed. your whole self and it's a lifelong <laughs> lifelong uh, commitment, as they say. <laughs> Well, we're just about out of time for uh, this week's episode. Uh, before we wrap up, want to let everybody know that um, you can find this episode and all past episodes of Catholic Halos on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, and several other platforms. So feel free to uh, search us and uh, check us out there. Uh, Deacon Patrick, would you lead us in a closing prayer? In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. And we got a question I should point out real quick as I interrupt my own prayer. Uh, what What's the prayer that you guys do? Well, it's the Ave Maria, also known as uh, the Hail Mary. So it's something that we're all very familiar with in one language or another, hopefully. And if not, please get to know it well. It is, this is the Latin. Ave Maria. Gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc in an ora mortis nostre. Amen. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for this episode of the Catholic Kalos podcast. <laughs>